Should we uh, get to the uh, funny? Yeah, why don't we? Okay, hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I hope you're all doing well. I am Sock, and with me here today, I've got possibly the only person in the United States who is not running for the Democratic primary, Biscuit. Hey, why do Scottish people wear kilts? Why? Because the sound of zippers scare sheep away. Uh, did you also find that one in your kid's uh, joke book? No, this one's about fucking sheep. <laughs> Not content with pissing off all the Irish last time, now we have to piss off Scottish people. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Do they actually have lots of sheep in Scotland? Before they ran away. From the fear... Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the joke here is that they fuck sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen of Scotland, if you'd like to send us an email in response to that, uh, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com. <laughs> or at bigbadnonsense on Twitter. Oh, Biscuit, why don't we open up the mailbag? Okay. Okay. Our first letter is from uh, Lars in uh, Cork, Ireland. I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Uh, just like, uh, last time, or not last time, but several episodes ago when we made fun of the Swedes, we got an email from the Swedes, and now the Irish are emailing us too, after we've made fun of the Irish. So Lars says that, uh, he doesn't find anything much offensive, and to hell with the Irish if we can't take a joke. Eh, good for you, you fucking cunt. Uh, well, sorry, Lars. I guess we'll try harder to offend you next time. Stamp of approval, as far as I'm concerned. There we go. Uh, one, uh, if, if Lars is even Irish, right? He could be lying to me. It's not a very Irish name. No, it it isn't. isn't Like, cowardly Swede sort of thing? Yeah, it is. Uh, and, uh, like, aren't most Irish people named, like, Seamus Flask of Whiskey or something like that? Yeah, Guinness. Or... (laughs) I'm home to you, Lars. <laughs> uh, so Swedish people posing as Irish people. I don't know. I guess an Irish person could be named Lars. I'm not sure why not. I mean, it's not like illegal. No, I don't see why it would be. Uh, our next letter uh, comes from John from Parts Unknown, uh, who wants to point out that uh, the uh, last episode we never did uh, solve the reason why you can't go through a day without puking on your genitals. You know, he's right. <laughs> oh, you were expecting more than that. Weren't you? <laughs> I don't know. I was. I thought there would be more to the story. Just, but uh, I, I guess. John, if you were me, wouldn't you puke on your genitals every day? Uh, well, John... I mean, honestly. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put it to John that, you know, if, if, you've, if you're a fan and you've listened to every episode of our show, then you probably would be puking on your own genitals as well. I think I just look at my genitals and get really sad, and that's why I throw up. <laughs> Uh, maybe it'll just be a mystery for the ages. We'll leave it at that. All righty. Okay. That's all we have the, in the mailbag today. 
So let's close that up and move on with the show. So, Biscuit, what? I've got a uh, fantastic little bit of uh, story for you today. Uh, this one comes out of uh, the United Kingdom. Okay. All right. So, uh... I mean Cox, sorry. Oh, there we go. Yes, yes. Uh, that's a much more informed response. Uh, we're going to go back to the turn of the 20th century, to 1905, and uh, we're going to look at a notorious uh, British prankster for our story today. Oh, a prankster. A prankster, yes. I would like you to keep in the back of your mind uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. High five. Okay. Yes, exactly. I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, I would not be surprised if he, you know, burst into my apartment and said that, you know, the man we're about to talk about today was his inspiration because there are so many parallels. Well, I would be kind of surprised if I'd be like, what are you doing in my apartment, Sasha Baron Cohen? Well, I mean, he does kind of like picking those more obscure parts of the world and developing characters. <laughs> not that you're obscure where you are, but oh, America, I, I, we know yeah. like Canada and Australia, and that's about it. Mm, there we go. Um, I, I would say it's obscure enough. Anyway, let's get to the name of this guy. This guy's name is Horace Devere Cole. We'll just call him Horace Cole. Let me give you a little bit, bit of background on this guy. He was a notorious prankster. On one occasion, he uh, challenged one of his friends to a race. And uh, he told him, I'll give you a head start. And uh, his friend uh, started running. And to that, he immediately started shouting, uh, stop thief. <laughs> okay, and unbeknownst to his friend, he had put his gold pocket watch into his friend's pocket just before he challenged them to this race and gave him a head start. And then, he, of course, he's shouting, stop thief. Uh, I, I love this guy already. Oh, it, it gets better, it gets better. Anyway, they were uh, stopped by the police, and of course, his friend... <laughs> Uh, in a little bit of a twist, I think it's uh, he was a member of parliament uh, for. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and here he is being stopped by the police uh, after his friend has made it look like he has stolen his gold pocket watch. I'm sure that went very well for him <laughs> and his image around the area. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another prank uh, that he is uh, renowned for is he would. Um, buy up particular seats in a theater and then he would uh, go around and he would find bald men and he would give them these tickets to the theater. <laughs> That's why. Okay, it, it, I'll explain. Uh, what he did was he bought the tickets in a certain way so when all these bald men sat in the seats that he had chosen, uh, they would spell out rude words like shit or bollocks. <laughs> okay. Now, I, for a minute there, I was like, he's, got a, he's drawing a penis with bald people, isn't he? 
So basically anyone who's sitting up in like the, the balcony or like the, the, the nosebleed seats, I guess you could say, would look down and see these gleaming bald heads uh, spelling out like shit. <laughs> see, if it was me, I'd buy out the seats and I'd just bring in a marching band. <laughs> Apparently he even went as far as to dot the I. Well, I mean, if, if you're good at what you do. <laughs> okay, and also another great prank that he used to pull, and uh, this is might end up being a running theme for our shows, is he would take a uh, cow udder. Uh, cow udders hey. again. Yeah, hey. <laughs> and making a clear. No, <laughs> he he didn't eat it, but what he would do is he would stuff the cow udder into his uh, trousers, into his pants, and uh, he would undo his like uh, his flies and uh, dangle one of the dangly bits of the udder out and walk around like this. So he's just like pretending that his dick's hanging out. Pretty much, right? He's using like. It's gonna be an easier way to do that than <laughs> stuffing a cow water in your pants. Oh, okay, okay, but it, it it gets better, right? Because he's got this dangly cow water thing hanging out of his flies, looking like his dong. And once, you know, the people around him had reached maximum level of offense, uh, he would produce a pair of scissors and cut it off. Oh, my God. <laughs> so there you go. I still think there's an easier way to do that, but God love him. Well, if you can think of one, uh, then I suggest you do it. It would sounds like a great prank. You can do it in your hometown. See, what if he cuts it off and then while they're all like gasping a horror he just shifts it and has another little teat pop <laughs> Ta-da! Uh, I'm sure he would have done that if he had thought of it yeah we should have hung out man mm. well anyway that's to give you a little bit of background of this guy so he's a notorious prankster and now he's got a friend of his as well and his friend his name is Adrian Stephen now before we get into this main story, Biscuit, let me put a question to you. When is it okay to wear blackface? Um, well, uh, <laughs> according to the GOP over here, whenever the fuck you feel like, but um, a lot of people would say that there's not really a good situation for that. There isn't, right? There really is no good excuse for wearing blackface uh, at all. Not that I can think of anyway, and I'm sure that you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who could give you an excuse that doesn't sound completely moronic. But anyway, the story we're going to be discussing today is about people dressing up in blackface. <clears throat> and I just want to make it clear that we here at Big Bad Nonsense, we do not condone uh, dressing up in blackface ever. But the characters... Unless you're a Republican member of Congress and you were in college, because apparently they all did it. Wasn't uh, wasn't it also a Democrat who did it too? I'm I'm sure, but we had a recent stretch here that you'd be looking in the news and you'd see another one. You thought it was the same story, and you're like, "Wait, there's another guy that did it? What the fuck?" And it was like every two days for like a month. But I digress. You know, I'm not surprised. Uh, whenever Halloween rolls around, there always seems to be the clueless person who ends up going in blackface for some reason why i don't know so i'm it sounds like it there's at least a good handful of people who have done it at some point in their lives in the united states just about every one of them while in a fraternity no okay there we go anyway let me 
that's sort of the preface to the story that I'm uh, coming up with here. So we have Horace Cole and his friend uh, Adrian Stephen, and uh, they said, we want to come up with the prank of all pranks sort of thing. And uh, they look through the news, uh, the local events happening at the time, and one of the things that was going to be upcoming uh, in Britain at the time was the visit of the uh, Sultan of uh, Zanzibar. This is not going to go well, is it? Well, it depends on what you mean by well. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's going to get a reaction, so if that's if that's the measuring stick we're using, then I guess it went great. <laughs> Okay, so the Sultan of Zanzibar is uh, coming on an official state visit to um, to Britain. Uh, Zanzibar is an East African state. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but uh, this is what was happening at the time. This is the beginning of the 20th century and all that. And uh, they come up with the idea that uh, we could do a tour of the town of Cambridge and pose as the Sultan. Jesus, shit, that's... That's not the direction I thought he was going, but all right. <laughs> what direction did you think it was going? I thought he was just going to like have some kind of welcoming party for him that was going to be super racist, but uh, this has got more legs to it, so mm -hmm. by all means. Okay, let me continue. So these two guys, uh, Andrew and Stephen and Horace Cole, they're students of Cambridge at the time. They are big on pranking authority figures. Like, just basically anyone who seems, you know, above the average Joe, making them look a little bit stupid. And they come up with this prank, and they say, okay, the Sultan of Zanzibar is visiting. Why don't we dress up as the Sultan of Zanzibar and his entourage, I guess, and uh, we will uh, stage a state visit to the town of Cambridge? <sighs> I, I'm I'm waiting for more details before I give you more than just a disappointed sigh. Cox? Cox! There we go. Okay. So, uh, they decide that, of course, you know, two people is not enough for really a royal entourage. So, they recruit a few, friend, a few, yeah, a few friends uh, in order to pull this prank off. So, they've got uh, about four people. And uh, they also get uh, one of their <laughs> friends... Two, two isn't enough, but four is good. I guess so, right? Uh, I don't know how okay. many people. How many people are expected to follow royalty? I don't know. I mean, when you got a boxing champ going to the ring, they got like ten. Mm. I, I'm not gonna tell him how to do his job. All right. So anyway, they get together two other friends, uh, and then they get a fifth friend from the University of Oxford. Uh, to help them out as well. And uh, the friend from the University of Oxford, he's going to pose as the translator or interpreter. And can he actually do that, or is he just going to be making shit up? Well, the the whole time... We'll get to that, right? It's a lot of making shit up as they go along sort of thing. Yeah, okay. The, the whole point is they recruited him because he was from Oxford, so he's unlikely to be recognized uh, in the town of Cambridge because these were all students at Cambridge. So they said, hey, you come along with us. No one's going to recognize you. You can be the European interpreter. Because for this have to, ha to work, there has to be like sort of a communication barrier, I guess you could say. Right. I mean, if you're going to pretend to be a sultan in blackface, you got to be legit. Yeah, I guess so. So they put together costumes and things like this, and uh, they get everything ready, uh, start preparing and planning for this prank. 
And uh, then they hit a little bit of a problem because uh, the Sultan's picture is published in the local newspapers. That would throw a wrench into it, yeah. It did. Unless you got a really good racist makeup artist. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they sort of transformed the plan a little bit so that it wasn't the Sultan, but actually his uncle who is visiting. Okay. <laughs> So basically the whole premise was that the Sultan is coming. He's bringing a bunch of relatives. Uh, his relatives are going to travel to Cambridge and uh, they're going to pose as royalty visiting and stuff like that. So they put this all together. They put together ridiculous costumes. So they're all dressed up in blackface and beards and uh, these crazy kind of turbans. They basically went to a theater makeup uh, provider. And, they went uh, to the Halloween store? Well, yeah, I don't think they had Halloween stores at the time. They just went into a, basically like a, a, a theater provider and said, hey, give us some costumes that look like African royalty, I guess. <laughs> yes. Okay, that doesn't sound racist. Um, <laughs> so, you're going to be an uncle. <laughs> they put together the costumes and then uh, they send a telegram basically posing as someone from like the home office in Britain or something like that saying, Hey, hello, sorry for the short notice. Uh, the uncle of the, um, of the Sultan of Zanzibar is here. He would like to tour Cambridge. Could you please take him around the town? And they sent this to the local town council of Cambridge. There have got to be some legal things that he's really hanging himself for here. Is there though? I would think impersonating royalty would be kind of frowned upon but it's a fictional person though like what what crime would you charge them with for for... ah so you got me there (laughs) Um, well yeah i mean i guess he's impersonating somebody that no there's something fucked up here (laughs) and like how important is fucking zanzibar to these people anyway that they're going to be like Oh, the Sultan's uncle's coming. Well, fuck, I'm calling out of work today. Mm-hmm. It can't... You know, just, just do it. Okay, we'll get to the consequences in a bit, because there there were some at some point. Anyway, I don't think so. They, uh, they send a letter to the town council, or a telegram to the town council. They get on a train in London, and they take the train to Cambridge. They arrive in Cambridge to a grand sort of welcome, like, oh, welcome to the town of Cambridge. We're here to give you the grand tour of all the fancy places. And th- and this is like right after the telegram. Uh, th- I'm not the sure telegram. exactly how much time there was between the telegram and them arriving, uh, but I don't think there was very much. I think they did it on short notice, probably so that people didn't have time to figure things out. Because, you know, hey, he's coming from Zanzibar. Also, he's here. (laughs) Hello once again, pod people. We're just going to take one final break here to remind you all that you can find us on Twitter at Big Bad Nonsense. Come and join in the conversation as nonsense happens every single day, and we can get through this together. If you like what we're doing and think a friend would enjoy being part of the nonsense, please share us with them as it helps out the show.
think that would maybe make a couple of people scratch their heads. Well, I guess it would, but like at the same time, like how would you react? Like if someone, you know, if you got an email in the morning saying, hey, this afternoon we've got, you know, a Russian dignitary coming to tour the office, would you question it or would you be like, okay, I guess we'll make it look nice? I'd be kind of skeptical, honestly, but then I would give them my routing number and social security and a picture of my driver's license (laughs) and... um, Okay, but here's the thing, right? This is the town council of Cambridge. I mean, important people visit all the time, and there's no time. Th- there's no internet at this time, of course. So there's nobody. They, they can't really do a thorough search. They get a telegram. Like, who would try and fake a telegram saying that the uncle of the sultan is here? That's probably what it boils down to. Is even if somebody questioned it, they're like, of all the things that you'd fucking pretend to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even Sasha Baron Cohen, as I mentioned before, like, keep him in mind. Like, how does he do it, right? Like, he sends these guys, like, oh, hey, I'm a Mossad agent. Uh, do you want to, like, do an interview with me? Like, what? You, you know, like, how would you fall for that? But they do. Yeah, I, I think he just throws a bunch of gumballs out there and a couple of them hit somebody and just kind of the shotgun approach to find the dumbest people. But, yeah, point stands. All right. Anyway. They arrive to big fanfare, big welcome. The town council is there. The mayor of Cambridge is there. They take them around to all kinds of different sites uh, in Cambridge, giving them the grand tour, basically. Now, a few snags kind of come up at that time. One of them being that, of course, they're wearing makeup and fake beards and all this stuff. And uh, this stuff is a little bit delicate, right? Like, it's not like modern latex masks and things like that. This has to be applied very carefully. And here they are offering them food. And you got some little kid walking up like it's a Santa at the mall, pulling on like, you're not real. (laughs) So they have to refuse any sort of food that they offer them because they're afraid that it's going to like smudge their makeup or pull their mustache off and stuff like this. So they basically said, oh, you know, we can't partake of food for religious reasons. In our country, we do not eat. Why am I kind of Russian? <laughs> what was I going to talk about? I've already lost my... I'm not going to try to do a Zanzibar accent. I mean, that's a bland <laughs> line right there. Okay, keep in mind as they're doing all of this, they're they're speaking gibberish to each other, right? Because they don't speak Zanzibarese or whatever language uh, was spoken. Now I sound like an idiot. What language is spoken in Zanzibar? Um, whatever them darkies talk. <laughs> Actually, I th- I'm pretty sure that they spoke Arabic at the time, but uh, I, I couldn't tell you precisely. I think it was Arabic. But they're basically speaking gibberish to each other, and they've got this friend from Oxford who is quote-unquote translating all of this dialogue to these dignitaries. So basically they're going, do-do-do-do-do, right? And he says, oh, he wants to know, you know, how tall this building is. He says you should give him your wallet. (laughs) And your routing number. I don't want to throw you off your path too much here, but just out of curiosity, I googled Zanzibar language, Mm -hmm. and um, the fifth result is an article about Judas Priest. So I don't know. (laughs) But I thought that was fucking interesting. <laughs> um, the 
<laughs> what language do they speak in Zanzibar? Judas Priest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the language was Arabic. Yes, I'm pretty sure that the language that they spoke was Arabic. So, but it, it doesn't matter because they were just making up nonsense, right? Like they make a bunch of weird noises with their mouths, pretending to speak a language, and this the only guy who's not dressed in blackface is there translating for them. I mean, it doesn't matter. But these people are buying it, right? Like, nobody caught on. I don't know how, but they didn't catch on. You'd think there would be... In preparation for this person, you'd think the congregation meeting them would want to have somebody that spoke the language on their end. Well, that's the thing, right? Foresight, I guess. Yeah, but again, right, I'm pretty sure that they sent this telegram on short notice, and they sent it saying, hey, he's accompanied by a translator, so... Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but I think the larger point here is smartphone error, they'd be fucked. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely, right? Because someone would, like, you know, say something into their smartphone and have it translate and then, like, show it to them and then they'd be lost, right? But... Actually, this or does. They'd put something in that they said, and they'd put it into translate, and they'd be like, "I am not you, fuck." <laughs> anyway, this actually became a problem when one woman came up to them, and uh, she said she asked basically if she could speak to the delegation in their native language because she had been a missionary in Africa. He says, "No, you can't." <laughs> This is funny. Okay, you you, you got to sit back for this one, right? So here they are. They're about to become unglued because this woman is like, oh, yes, I spent time in Zanzibar as a Christian missionary. I speak their language. Can I talk to them? And uh, the interpreter basically turns to her and says, you know, he thought up, he was pretty witty on the spot. He basically turns to her and says, uh, if you want to address this royalty, uh, you have to become part of their harem. That that is pretty quick on the feet. That is pretty quick on the feet, right? Like, if you want to address the sultan's uncle, you have to become part of his harem first. And that really puts her on the spot. I mean, I would have just been like, seize her! (laughs) But, I mean, it just goes to show, like, ignorance of customs and cultures of around the world. Because, like, you know, people bought this, right? They They just accepted it. Not a lot of... Not nearly as many things anyway back then to make you think for yourself or question what's in front of you, mm-hmm. as opposed to now where there's info wars and far too fucking many things doing that. But mm-hmm. anyhow. Okay. So the rest of the tour pretty much goes off without a hitch. You know, they're taken around to different buildings in Cambridge. They're just basically shown the town, like just exactly so what she you... said. No, huh? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think she declined to become part of his harem. Anyway, so the rest of the trip goes off without a hitch. Anything that you could basically think to show a group of visiting dignitaries, they showed them in Cambridge. And then uh, the time of their trip has come to an end. So they take them back to the train station. Now, here's where they kind of got stuck into a problem because they thought about everything in terms of preparing for the trip and posing as these uh, this, these foreign dignitaries, but they didn't really think about how they would end it. They probably didn't think they were going to get that far. <laughs> that, that's probably it. They were like probably thinking, you know, we're going to get found out at some point. But And they just spent all their efforts into thinking, you know, how will we not get found out? And then, you know, they're there at the end. They don't know what to do. Because they're students of Cambridge. 
they all live in Cambridge, and here they are touring Cambridge. They don't want to take a train all the way back to London because it's way out of the way for them. It seems like their alternatives are worse, so enjoy London. Mm-hmm. Here's what they do to solve this problem. They arrive at the train station, and then they just take off running. Because that's not suspicious at all. <laughs> well, at, th- at this point, it becomes obvious to several people as they run away shouting in English, what the heck is going on? Something is up. <laughs> so they put in all this effort to just at the end be like, cheese it! Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. They're at the end of the trip. They're like, we don't want to get on the train. So they're like, take off, guys. And they just run. They go and catch a taxi. And they tell the taxi driver, (laughs) drive like your life depends on it. They drive out of there and uh, go somewhere safe to take their costumes off. Can you imagine this taxi driver? These guys bumble in with like black shit probably streaming down their face at this point and they're just like <laughs> driver we're gonna fucking die <laughs> that's a more interesting day than most i bet oh i <laughs> i hope he was well paid oh he's a taxi driver so of course he was mm, yes definitely so that's kind of the end of the prank for now Ah, uh, because they all get home, they take off their makeup, they take off their costumes, and they're like, hey, we had our fun, what do we do about it? A few of them are like, okay, let's not bother telling anyone we've had our fun. A few of them, well, actually only one of them, Horace Cole, decides, no, 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 we have to tell everybody, let's go to the newspapers. You know, I mean, the good criminal is the one that keeps their mouth shut, but... Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) But I guess as far as things go, he wanted his fame to go along with it. You know, a few days later, he walked into a newspaper office and basically... The newspapers had already caught on at this point. They knew something was up, right? When a Zanzibar delegation shows up, like there were reporters there and everything, they were met by the mayor of the city. And they knew something was up when the whole delegation is seen off and they start speaking with British accents and take off running to a cab. So that if, if that didn't tip you off, then I got real concerns for you. <laughs> and they're like, our religion forbids us to get on train. We must take taxi. <laughs> Why am I Russian again? Horace Cole goes to the newspapers and basically does a tell all. And uh, the town council of Cambridge is monstrously embarrassed. I would think so, yeah. Yes. Uh, so the uh, wh- wh- what do you think would have happened in this case? So now, now the secret is out. They know who's done it. They know about the students at Cambridge who have pulled out this prank. Uh, their names are in the press now. The town council is embarrassed. What do you think would happen to them? Well, um... If they were actually black, then probably would have just been shot right there because that's how white people roll. Mm. Um, Since they're white, I'm guessing that they probably something along the lines of, uh, I don't know, like a fine for all the resources put into touring them around and so on and so forth. Good guesses. None of those happened. Completely incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing happened to them. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. The mayor was furious. The mayor went to Cambridge and basically told the dean, like, you know, punish these guys. And the dean sort of said to the mayor, like, are you sure you want to do that? So he's like, 
There's no way, no how. I want these boys strung up. And the dean was like, no. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, like, the dean told the mayor, like, you know, if you push for this, I, you know, will push them down a year or something like that. But uh, th- th- he basically told the mayor, like, you know, that's not a good idea, right? It's like, maybe you should <laughs> let it slide. Push them down a year? Is that how they dealt with it back then? Yeah, like... Like, okay, so you committed a crime. Well, guess what? You're not a senior anymore. Fuck you! (laughs) You have to take chemistry again. But but again, right? Like, what crime did they commit? I stopped doing that. (laughs) You know, like, the police didn't get involved because, you know, what do you charge them with? Impersonating something... You know, if you impersonate, like, a police officer or something like that, of course you're going to be arrested. But, you know, impersonating a fictional member of royalty? Yeah, I know. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, he doesn't get arrested. No, he does not. He gets in some hot water, but no, I suppose not. Yeah, like, what would you charge them with, right? So, basically, the dean of the university told the mayor, it's like, you should probably let it go, because, you know, if you insist on punishing these guys, it's only going to look bad on you. So the mayor essentially dropped it. And his monocle. <laughs> well, I think one of the things, like, English, England at the time, or Britain at the time, was a very sort of class-structured system. And Cambridge is one of those sort of hoity-toity universities where, like, a lot of rich kids and nobility go. And the mayor of Cambridge, he was a pharmacist, sort of more of a regular Joe kind of person. So I don't think he really had much power and authority on his side in this case. Doesn't seem like there were a lot of people swinging the gavel that hard. No, not in this case anyway. Or anybody. Yeah, pretty much. Well, they weren't charged with a crime. They got their little fame. They got their little bit of a ha-ha. And nothing really happened to them. Which I'm sure made them say we should never do that again because of all the trouble it caused us. Well, it's good that you mention that because they did it again. Really? (laughs) This time we're a double uncle. Ah. (laughs) But here's the thing, okay? Because this is a secondary prank that we're going to have to leave to the next episode. There we go. Horace Cole was not finished. They pulled what was effectively the same prank again, but not with the town of Cambridge this time, but instead with the Royal Navy. See, that seems like that's a little bit more illegal. (laughs) We will leave that one to the next episode, because it is even more funny and extensive than this story is. This is the Zanzibar hoax. Next episode, we're going to get into the Dreadnought hoax. It's the Zanzibariest of them all. (laughs) Uh, With that, we've kind of come to the end of our episode. Biscuit, should we plug anything? Uh, Just my English to Judas Priest dictionary that should be in stores soon. (laughs) Uh, you know, it could become a fad. Just like Klingon has become a language, you could turn Judas Priest into a language. You know, like those Klingon weddings and stuff that 
You ever seen one of those? How can you be like a parent at that and not just want to fall on a knife? Would you feel the same way if it was a Judas Priest wedding? No, it'd be fucking awesome. (laughs) Thank you, pod people, for listening. Please join in the conversation. Share our podcast with other people. You can find us at Big Bad Nonsense on Twitter. Uh, if you know a friend who you think would like one of these episodes, share it with them. Uh, you can also email us, BigBadNonsense at gmail.com. We're always looking for some reader mail for each episode. And I can't wait to see what countries we can make mildly upset next. <laughs> As a final note, I'll say, people, please... Don't attempt a prank like this. If you dress up in blackface, you're definitely going to end up being the villain. Yeah, unless you're a member of the GOP. Ha, ha, I haven't made that joke enough times already. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope to hear you next episode where we talk about the Dreadnought hoax. And uh, that's it for us. Peace and have a good day. <laughs>